ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Welcome to the show that brings you all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. It is now time to go beyond the bell. President Richard T. Nixon once said, don't ask what your country can do for you, what can you do for me? He never said that. He did, and like Jefferson said, all men are not created equal. Thomas Jefferson? No, George Jefferson. And 77 are fights. The British are coming. The buck stops here. Remember, I am not a crook. And do unto others behind with a board if you get a... You're a sham, you know that? No, I don't. You're a liar. I am not a liar. You're not going to have a job, pal, because I'm going to be President of the United States. You're out of here. Here we go! Wrestling fans, it's that time once again. Beyond the Bell is back on the air via the powerful powerful SNS Radio Network. I'm your host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, back with you to bring you and present all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. From the best and worst, we cover it all. And on this edition, we talk about part two of our From the Booth series, the greatest commentators in professional wrestling. Part 1, a few weeks ago, discussed the greatest play-by-play men ever to step foot or stand behind the microphone. And now this week, we'll look back at the greatest color analysts in professional wrestling history. But first, courtesy of Barbershop Window, the place where they make wrestling t-shirts cool again to wear, we present to you Behind the Mic. This is where I take you behind the scenes to cover my own experiences as a professional wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. This is a fairly new segment on Beyond the Bell, but it's been so overwhelmingly popular by the fans. The feedback I've gotten from you guys has been so great, and you guys enjoyed this segment so much that it has been a no-brainer to now make it a permanent fixture here on Beyond the Bell, and I apologize for not doing this sooner. Of course, I'm a professional wrestling ring announcer, so when I talk about my experiences, kind of like other wrestlers that have podcasts, other stars that hold these shows, they talk about their experiences wrestling other other superstars or driving to town, so why not give you the ring announcer side of things, a side that you may not have heard much of, and what it's like to be on the independent circuit traveling from town to town, from weekend to weekend, and having these opportunities to see different stars, up-and-coming guys, legendary superstars that are on the, say, the twilight of their careers, uh, just there to wrestle for the fun of it, or just to make some extra money, or just because they love the business so much. So, why not rewind back to my first ever time, or my first ever opportunity, getting to announce... WWE Hall of Famer Tito Santana. I've had the opportunity to announce Tito twice, but let's talk about the first ever time I announced Tito. Uh, It was in New Jersey, 
and it was for an American Championship Pro Wrestling event, and I was excited to announce the Mexican warrior, the El Matador, Tito Santana, because I watched him when I was a kid, part of Strike Force with Rick before the model Martel, uh, seeing him back in his early days growing up as a fan of professional wrestling. Of course, you, you're more likely to remember the World Wrestling Federation days of Tito Santana, and then the revitalized gimmick of, of course, El Matador, Tito Santana, towards the latter portion of his career. But I had the opportunity to announce Tito at the event in New Jersey, and the reason why I want to talk about this one in particular instance, or one experience I've had, because it's so funny and it's so dated, and you can see the the generational differences uh, between the stars of our younger years as opposed to today. Aside from Tito taking pictures with the actual wrestlers on the card, going Arriba with his uh, pose, his strike force pose, you know, the typical Tito Santana raising the forearm pose, Arriba. Besides that, um, I remember in the middle of the show during intermission, I saw Tito actually backstage. I guess he was planning on a, a tour, you know, going to the next show. He had this huge map out covering the entire table in in the backstage locker room. This huge map, and I see him, you know, with his finger guiding, you know, on on the roadways or trying to find the the best the best road to take for the next show. Um, and it's amazing. He had his glasses on. I guess his bifocals to look closely to to see his next route for for his next gig. But uh, it was. I just found it amusing because me myself, I use my GPS to go find the location for the show. That's what I used. But he's so old school. Besides GPSs, besides our um, GPS tracker and our phones, Tito's old school pulled the map out to trace his route to the next town, so it just shows the generational gap between then and now, and I remember one of the stars offering to give Tito their GPS to use out of respect, which we I give tremendous kudos, that's what we do, we respect our elders in the business, but Tito said, I heard Tito say to, to one of the wrestlers, no, I do it old school, man, so, you know, Tito, great guy, very nice, very professional, he shook my hand, very polite. Uh, it was great to to announce to the ring. I remember hearing Howard Finkel announce him when I was a kid, and I was able to carry on that legacy at this independent event. So courtesy of ringannouncing.com on YouTube, let's take a listen to my experience announcing WWE Hall of Famer Tito Santana to the ring. In our first installment of the From the Booth series, we took a look back at the greatest play-by-play commentators of all time. Now, in this edition, the situation with color commentators is a little different. Their primary role has been to get the audience riled up. However, over the last few years, there has been a move away from the heel commentator so that there are now tweeners at best, and in some cases, 
they're clearly a face. A color commentator, sometimes known as a color analyst, is a member of the broadcasting team for a sporting event who assists the play-by-play commentator or announcer by filling in any time when the play is not in progress. That is your standard definition of a color analyst. The term is of... You could say it, it could be interpreted in different ways. The color commentator provides expert analysis and background information. We could talk about statistics, strategy, injury reports on teams, athletes, and provide you know occasionally light humor. Color commentators are often former players, coaches of the sport being broadcasted. So let's take a look at the color analyst role in professional wrestling. Though not always the case in pro wrestling, the color, the color commentator is usually a heel sympathizer, or you could say a supporter of the bad guy, as opposed to the play-by-play announcer who is more the voice of the fans, as well as the supporters of the babyfaces or good guys. Though both are supposed to show neutral stance while announcing, the color commentator, especially when they support the heel, are usually more blatant about their stance than the play-by-play man. Jesse the Body Ventura and Bobby the Brain Heenan pioneered the heel sympathizer role for a color commentator. Both Jerry the King Lawler and JBL later made successful transitions into these roles. Though Lawler has since shown more sympathy for faces, partially due to being over with the fans after nearly 40 years in wrestling. While JBL has since mastered, you could say, the role of color commentating when he was put behind the broadcast team, was a former wrestler, became broadcaster, then came back to wrestling, then retired, but JBL was, uh, we'll talk more about him, but took that Jerry Lawler role of heel sympathizer and took it to the next level on SmackDown. ECW commentators at the time, Taz and Joey Styles, tended to be completely neutral, in addition combined both aspects of play-by-play with color commentary. When announcing is good, you take it for granted. You don't make it a point to mention specific things about the announce team when they're good because they enhance the experience without you even noticing it. Platitudes, you know, comments, sarcasm, wit, all those things come into play when having a a great broadcast team take a hold of a show and take you on a journey on a ride telling you a story now you speak about them in glowing generalities rather than taking studious notes on everything they say and analyzing to the specific detail of every error that was made wrestling fans it's not until you sit through bad announcing until you realize how good you actually had it so let's now look back rewind relive the greatest color commentators in professional wrestling history. Let's start off with a wild card. I'll throw one out there for you fans that you cannot disagree, you cannot deny, made an impact behind the booth. CM Punk. In the short weeks that CM Punk spent at the announce table, he proved that he has yet another talent in the wrestling business. You cannot deny that, fans. He even argued that nobody could touch him on commentary in his much-talked-about promo that we all know from Las Vegas a year ago. The quote-unquote shoot-style promo that made Punk face had him renew his contract in the WWE 
and in turn changed the industry in a certain way, not to the extent we thought it would change, but made definitely a raw moment. Punk has always had a very natural air, and he came across as extremely genuine on commentary. He was funny, relaxed, and not afraid to take risks with regard to his content. Punk has always had a reputation for pushing the envelope and grabbing the quote-unquote brass ring. There was a lot of controversy on commentary. That's maybe what made Punk so innovative at the time he announced, because Lawler, who was in the controversial commentator role, making those statements that or certain comments that we were shocked to hear, has now been more of the babyface color commentator. Punk played the classic heel bully commentator when paired with either Josh Matthews or Scott Stanford, following in the footsteps of JBL, those footsteps that were made so large when JBL was on the booth for such a period of, short period of time made such an impact. We'll get more into that later. And of course, Jesse the Body Ventura. But when announcing on Raw, he showed a more sympathetic side and was incredibly in-depth at putting talent over, which is rare for an active performer to do. But the main attraction that CM Punk brought to the table was his sheer entertainment. I just mentioned him JBL, John Bradshaw Layfield. His character transformation from the beer-swilling thug to superior millionaire made him into a main event player and superstar and multiple-time world champion. He was then able to channel this character into one of the best heel color commentators in history. Shockingly, right folks? JBL said all the things that you were not supposed to say. He pushed all the buttons, and he quickly became the star of SmackDown. His interaction with Michael Cole led to hilarity and lots of jokes and put-downs at Cole's expense. Kind of what you would expect to see from a heel bully commentator. He once cited Jesse Ventura as an influence, and he has perhaps come closer than anyone ever to emulating the genius of the body. And I think to this very day, we wish JBL was behind the booth. If you'll listen, I'll explain to you what happened last week. Because I really feel that I was horribly, horribly misunderstood. Oh, come on. If you'll just listen to me, you'll understand and you'll appreciate the fact that what I did was the right thing. You see, Ron Simmons, you don't understand. He's my best friend. He always has been. We've drank more beer and we've been up more roads than most of you people can ever imagine. So when Paul Heyman quit Monday Night on Raw, I knew this was my chance. I knew this was my chance to get Ron's job back. I knew this was my chance to make sure that the APA stayed in business. But I'm not going to do that. Listen, I'm explaining, please. I've got a lot more than just wrestling going on. I appreciate everything that Ron Simmons has done for me. I appreciate years and years of friendship. But I've got a portfolio that has beat the stock market seven 
out of the last seven years. That is phenomenal. I've got a financial book by Shaman and Schuster out, and I'm writing another book right now on keeping America strong. I've got a radio show that starts May 1st. We're going to talk about politics. We're going to talk about finances. You people are going to love this radio show. I have become the top financial analyst on network TV. Fox News loves to have me on. I could not, I simply could not walk away from all that I've got. You people, get off your high horse. You people would have done the exact same thing that I did, giving the opportunity. If you'd have been in my shoes, which you're not, you people would have done the same thing. You see, it's time that you people quit listening to your little Sunday school fairy tales. It's time you start listening to a guy like Prince Machiavella who will tell you that there is no wrong and there is no right in society, that people do things because they want something back. There is simple cause and effect. You see, I understand that. That is why people like me are people that run businesses. People like me are people that run industries. People like me are people that run governments. I, the only thing I sold was stock about two weeks ago before terrorism scared the market and I made a hell of a lot of money. So you can stop the you sold out chance right now. I have always been smarter, I have always been better, and I have always worked harder than anybody else around me. That is why I have always been considered an impact player. My picture hangs in my old high school. My picture hangs in my old college. Look it up, it's a matter of history. I don't have to pad my resume. Normal people are astounded by my resume because normal people never let their dreams get beyond their front door because they are scared of failure. I have never been scared of failure and I have never failed. I have succeeded in everything but one thing and that is wrestling because I thought it was more important to have a good time, to drink beer, to play cards, to visit our troops. Well, I want to tell you something that's good and fine, but that ain't got me jack. So something's fixing to happen around here. You're fixing to see an impact. And if you know anything about history, you know this. What I say I do, and what I do, I do very, very well. So get ready for the impact that's coming. Buckle your seats, boys and girls. Business is about to pick up. And we were speaking of the body, Jesse the Body Ventura. Only Hayden and Monsoon had better chemistry with each other than Ventura had with Vince McMahon. His 
pessimistic attitude and heel fandom offset Vince's bombastic behavior and comments. It was done so well, so perfectly, and it, it was complementary to the type of style that the WWF was at the time. They fit each other so well, they complemented each other to an extent that made them an entertaining tandem. people may forget is that Ventura had a good mind to break down and analyze happenings inside the squared circle. My favorite example, or one example you could say of this, came from WrestleMania 6, where he was breaking down the ring entrances by Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, claiming that Hogan had the edge because he walked to ringside, taking his time, not expending any energy by sprinting like the Warrior did. Of course, we all know how effective that analysis was, but still, it's nice to have those nuggets to chew on. CM Punk kind of threw that out there. Those little itty-bitty things that made it more real made you suspend your disbelief a little bit more into the action. You know, he made made us see wrestling from an analysis perspective, and you could say that should be the caller guy's job. When he hosted Raw, despite both he and McMahon fundamentally changing the way they called the match... It was still awesome to hear them back in the booth and hear them not miss a beat after years. Decades of not working together. A sign of a great duel. Rewind back to that edition of Raw that actually made Sheamus a main event player by winning that that battle royal, that newcomer's battle royal. That opportunistic battle royal, you could say, for performers that were looking for that break to become world champion. But listening to McMahon and Ventura banter took me back and made me miss those commentating days. I'm going to myself. You know, you know, right here, the real rock and wrestling connection. I'd like to show you a real man, a man that has his own record out and the real true body, Mr. Jesse Ventura. It's always such a privilege to have a rock star and wrestling star like yourself. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm what rock and roll should be. I'm a real man. I'm a man, and I'm a rock and roller. I'm not like them $3 bill rock stars. And you know what I'm talking about when I say, like a $3 bill, like Prince. Like Boy George. Yes, and Mick Jagger. Elvis Presley. (laughs) Most of all, Elvis Presley. But wait, but wait, is it true? Is it true? Now, you know, I was there, I was ringside at WrestleMania. And I saw a spectacle take place. I saw you, Mr. Roddy Piper, paintbrush, slap around, beat down Mr. T, beat up that champion. I personally believe you should be champion of the world right now. Ah, A man! Now this is a true man! This is a 
A rock star man. A rock star. I understand now. I understand now that Mr. Blunderful, all of a sudden, he got himself in a jam, and he's got $25,000 on his head for anybody who cares to collect it. And I'll tell you what, 25000 bucks. Sounds awful interesting to Jesse the body. You know what, Freddy? I'd like to have that 25 too. You think I could keep it all? You could keep a third of it. You want I got you wanna see Paul Orndorff's favorite hole? Let me show you. Let me show you, man. Watch this. Ha! Ha ha! The one! And the two! The macho man Randy Savage. Dig it, yeah! In the time between his WWF stints. Savage spent some time in the broadcast booth with Vince McMahon, among other partners. He was one of the first color commentators on Monday Night Raw. We discussed that a couple weeks ago. And his raspy voice and drawn-out pronunciation fit with the new time slot. He was, uh, I'd say, a natural at knowing what to get over and on how to interact with his play-by-play guy. Not only that... But he had some nice one-liners as well. Dig it! You know, I remember one time on Superstars, he was calling a match featuring Roddy Roddy Piper. And the action spilled out into the ringside area. It turned into a a wild brawl, and the ref had lost complete control. So Piper grabbed a tray with paper cups filled with beverages, to which Savage exclaimed, Drinks for everybody! Yeah! Yeah, just those type of one-liners made the Macho Man Randy Savage so popular. Yes, he had his faults. Go to WrestleMania 9, listen back to the Macho Man. But for the time, he fit for what the WWF was looking for. And now, you would say, we were we are dying to have someone like the Macho Man behind the booth. Introduce you now to the World Wrestling Federation All champion, right. the Hitman Bret Hart. All right, Bret, Great to see ya! Oh yeah, and it's this Sunday, you against Yokozuna. Now last weekend, if I can remind both of you gentlemen... All right. You had a match with Yokozuna. Exactly. And you had a contract signing with Yokozuna. What was it like to have 505 pounds of Yokozuna washing down on your chest as a part of that contract signing? (laughs) You know what it was like to me? It's like a bulldozer running you over and then backing up and staying there. But you know something? Yokozuna's gonna find out that I'm the excellence of execution, that I am the World Wrestling Federation champion, and this Sunday in WrestleMania 9, I'm not going to fall for that stunt. It's going to be a whole different ball game because Yokozuna has to get me there, and he has to drag me to that corner, and he has to put that 505 pounds on my chest, and it's not so easy, and he's going to find out that the World Wrestling Federation champion, the excellence of execution, is going to be excellent. All right, but then no adverse effects, no ill effects then as a result of what happened last week? Well, I'm a little sore. Uh-huh. That's I've okay. been a little, I've well, been a little sore before. There yeah, you go, right there. Yeah, what kind of tips would you give? Excuse me, please, Taylor. Shut up. What kind of tips would you give the hitman Bret Hart as a result of your match? Straight away, I'm going to tell you something right now. You're against all odds. Yeah, you're the underdog, but that's okay. You're the WWF champion. And I have R-E-S-P-E-C-T for you. Yokozuna rolled right over me like he did you at the contract signing. Okay, we know that. But at WrestleMania 9 this Sunday, 
you can get R-E-S-P-E-C-T from all the zillions of fans all over the world that back you already, brother. Well, They're behind you. you. They're in your corner. I'm in your corner. Just want to say best of luck. This in my heart, in your heart, in all of our minds, we know you're the WWF champion. And he's going to beat Yokozuna. Yeah. Yokozuna, I'd like to have some respect for the hitman. We know Aretha Franklin does. We'll see you later on Sunday for WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. The Professor, Mike Tenay. The current TNA play-by-play announcer, you could say maybe he's coloring in the numbers right now or just filling in that slot in cruise control. But Mike Tenay, the WCW color commentator, was special to the booth for the Luchadors and Cruiserweights, which populate the mid-card. He was very good at that role. Up until the mid-90s, aside from Ventura's musings, the color commentator, at least to one's ear, always cracked wise or provided some other levity to the broadcast. Tanay, however, had that snappy, analytical mind, always there to give you a background on a guy's training or what style they were using or by breaking down style versus style, like what we see right now with the Olympics as that special color analyst role, Mike Tenet can compete with the best of them. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Now, Dusty is not a good commentator if you're just going on eloquence, you know, diction, or anything technical about his ability. However, what he lacks in that type of ability, he more than makes up for in his warmth, his genuine, his genuine enthusiasm for the product. Not to mention his hilarious catchphrases and his iconic mushmouth voice, of course. How can you not love Dusty Rhodes? WCW Saturday Night may, might have been their best show, partially because the ridiculous angles were at a minimum, partially because it was always had halfway decent wrestling, but mostly because of the dream. Could it be? Rhodes isn't the patron saint of announcing, but he definitely made it entertaining and made you remember certain angles that you might not have because of Dusty's banter or wit. At this point, Dusty, the match hadn't even started yet. Murdoch was just into the ring. You were double teamed by Harley Race and Bob Roop. Gonzalez, this is probably one of the most important matches, one of the most important pieces of film in the history of the NWA, in the history of wrestling, Jack. I'm laying on the floor in a semi-coma, laying down there with pain and agony on me. Now you're seeing a packed house at the Bayfront Center. You're seeing Dick, hey, I love Dick Murdoch, baby. I want to show this to you here. This is why when you come from home, this is why you're close. This is what it's all about, battling, fighting, trying to survive in the greatest sport in the world, baby. People sitting, they watch Super Bowls. They watch great uh boxing matches they watch great horse races but right here is a great piece of film brother it shows desire it shows the will to win and at the end it shows super revenge brother the big dust is out there now in a lot of pain i can honestly say i'm in a serious amount of pain while i'm in that pain this man my brother dick murdoch is taking it to him baby look at him evil right there jack both of them can't get it done by themselves 
can't get it done by itself, Gonzalez. Well, those two of them uh, got after you, and now two of them after Murdoch, and they're beginning to wear him down. Dick they, Murdoch beginning to feel a lot of pain. Gonzalez, himself. they might weigh him down, but they'll never weigh him out. Jack, watch him. Bob Roop right here. Bob Roop exposed as a as a non-medalist winner, exposed as a nothing, exposed as a as just a man that is trying to rip off the people. The All-America nothing right there is trying to beat up on a man. And out of the black of the Bayfront Center comes the dream alive and well. Jack beating and pounding on Harley Race. And now dudes begin to get paid right here, Jack. Dudes get paid. More moved than a bowl of jello, brother. Look at it. Fighting and biting and kicking and clawing. I'll tell you what, right Dusty. What is Let's it? take a look at this in slow motion Ooh, all that. over again. Let's watch you watch come back. It. And this is in slow motion now. Nine-pound hammer. Woo! Look at him. Get up, big dust. Thousands of them wanting you to do it. More move a bowl of jello, like I said. Look at him. So quick, slow motion. Can't even keep up with me, brother. Bob Rupert's in ecstasy. Now he's going into the, the field of ambrosia right now, Jack. I'm going to take him into the field of ambrosia, screaming, hollering, madness. And at the very end, the final, the coupe de grass, Jack, laying there on his big can. I'm not through with you either, Race. Man, the, the count is on. Ain't Ray. Look at here. The count is on, and at this point, uh, Bob Roop failed to answer the 10 count, and so he is out, and so you and Dick Murdoch have won the match. That's right. It's not over with, though, baby. It's not over with. The man tried tried to cripple my esophagus, tried to keep me from rapping, tried to keep the people from hearing me, trying to keep me from talking to my babies at home and everything. This is serious now, baby. They are bringing in the green stretcher. They are bringing in, look at the dream now. Complete madness, pandemonium. 10,000, 8,000 people standing on their feet, Jack. Dudes being paid. This is what it's all about. The greatest sport in the world today. They're not gonna do it to me. Bob Roop is not going to do it to me. The people won't let it happen. I won't let it happen. The American dream. And there is the end. The gold medal winner. The Olympic champion. 1968. Bob Roop. All-American. Taken from the battleground. Unconscious with one sign. Paul Heyman. After the demise of ECW... Heyman was hired by the WWE as a commentator to replace Jerry Lawler, who recently left. In addition to being an on-screen personality, Heyman became head writer of SmackDown. What made Paul a great heel commentator was that he gave credibility to the faces, but it believed it was okay for the heels to do bad things in order to beat them. He gave justification, gave an explanation of why the heels were doing what they're actually doing on, on the screen gave them purpose. Heyman did a lot to put the product over and sell what was going on as a shoot, even to this very day with a feud with Brock Lesnar before with John Cena. We saw, we saw Brock have an intense feud, but Heyman just escalated the, the image, the aura of Brock Lesnar with the feud now with Triple H. Paul Heyman could be out of the industry for years, come back and give you an instant promo that will make things classic. Paul Heyman behind the booth was great at accentuating those little details, accentuating the positives of somebody, and minimizing the negatives as he did in ECW, and making you really care about what was going on in the ring. Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. 
He worked as a color commentator on WWF Superstars of Wrestling following the Survivor Series of 1991 until Superstars before the next Survivor Series, acting as a suitable heel foil to Vince McMahon's play-by-play. Perfect began a return to wrestling and a face turn when he had had a falling out with Flair and Heenan, who was Flair's financial advisor at the time, on the last primetime wrestling before Survivor Series of 1992. This was after Randy Savage asked Perfect to be his partner against Flair and Razor Ramon at the 1992 Survivor Series. Perfect was good at his role. He explained the moves, covered botches well, and put over talents by using his experience as an in-ring worker as reference. I bet you everyone has done this. No one can deny the hours you spent in classrooms, in your classroom itself, practicing the Henning Pen Toss. I'm still trying to do it to this very day and can't do it nearly as well as Mr. Perfect. Joel Gertner, Joey Styles' TNN announce partner, was none other than the quintessential stud muffin, Joel Gertner. Now, Gertner was good, but not great, but good enough to mention in this type of show. He was similar to Bobby Heenan, carrying tons of memorable and funny lines, those one-liners we all would remember, but Joel's were in the form of limericks. While a lot of these little poems are memorable, and oftentimes very quotable, I'd say, a lot were just plain lame. But past that, his skills calling the match were about as good as... You could say maybe possibly Henning's WWF work, but you could say for the role he was in, he was good. Throwing those one little one-liners in, giving some color to the broadcast, Joey Styles was a big personality to take over the broadcast as for the majority of his ECW tenure, he was calling the show by himself, so throwing Gertner in there wouldn't necessarily hinder the, the, the broadcast, as it just would accentuate or give Joey a little break in between his calling of the show. Then the final ECW announcer, after Joel Gertner, we saw would be Cyrus. You know, you may know him better today under his real name, Don Callis. He was a, a very good announcer, maybe a step above Joel Gertner. It seemed that ECW struck gold in the announce department when he did take over the role. Cyrus worked the pay-per-views and only made it to TV when he was turned into the TNN Network representative, where he became the top heel manager in the company. And whenever he called a match, you knew you were in for a great show. He seemed to have Mike Tenay's knowledge with a pinch, just a pinch of personality tied in. Speaking of ECW, who could forget? Another great color commentator, Taz. With injuries mounting, Taz began performing part-time commentary on Sunday Night Heat in October of 2000. He joined the SmackDown team in February 2001 after Jerry Lawler quit the company. This is when Paul Heyman was put to Raw and then Taz stayed on SmackDown permanently. This was after calling his first pay-per-view on on No Way Out with Jim Ross. When the World Wrestling Federation then split into two brands, Taz was permanently put onto SmackDown where he, again, became a color commentator because he did so well. It was shocking at the time. It was done more for storyline purposes, but it wound up that Taz did so well, he found his next transition in the wrestling business. Now, Taz, when he first came on, he needed some work, but you saw there was glimpses of superstardom behind the booth. 
you even saw it in ECW when he was with Joey Styles at one point calling a match. You saw you had a, a potential star commentator there. But when you compare to what the work he's doing now in TNA, maybe he's in cruise control too with TNA. Maybe they're just in that cruise control mode. But when he started developing his skills with Michael Cole, Taz was at one point the top color commentator in professional wrestling. His lordship, Lord Alfred Hayes. Hayes joined the World Wrestling Federation in 1982. He acted as a sidekick to Vince McMahon, who hosted Tuesday Night Titans. The show served as a sort of late-night talk show in the style of Johnny Carson or David Letterman. In the 1990s, Hayes joined Gorilla Monsoon in commentary on WWF programming. He also served as an interviewer to WWF superstars, and he remained with the Federation until 1995. The quiet, soft-spoken Lord Alfred Hayes wasn't the greatest in terms of getting you excited for a match or a contest or even a promo, vignette, what have you, but he gave a sense of maturity to the broadcast and he had some he had some charm, you can't deny that, and the wit, his dry humor did make an impact in professional wrestling. The hot rod Rowdy Roddy Piper. After losing the Intercontinental title, Piper made the transition from wrestler to commentator, a position at which he excelled at, you must say. Serving as the lead announcer of Vince McMahon's color commentator on the WWF's main syndicated program, of course, Superstars of Wrestling, as well as on pay-per-view and, for a time, Monday Night Raw, Piper was able to continue pursuing his goals in Hollywood while at the same time maintaining a high-profile position in the business. You can remember more so the flamboyant comments from Piper. When placed as a color commentator, Piper was in full babyface mode, rooting for the babyfaces, the good guys, and hating the villains, despising them, even actually rooting for Hulk Hogan, his arch-nemesis, at one point. But Roddy Piper was entertaining on the mic, and he made you feel, he made the transition from being a fan of the arena to an entertainer on screen. He made that transition so well, and he was a, a new voice to the WWF. Well, it's Doc Hendricks! In 1995, Michael P.S. Hayes retired from active competition due to an injury. He signed with the WWF in early 1995 and became Doc Hendricks, WWF Action Zone co-host with Todd Pettengill. As Doc Hendricks, Doc with a K, Hayes would interview wrestlers before their matches. His most famous interviews included the birth of Austin 316, the Super Soaker DX commercials, and hosting most of WWF's products. Hayes also worked as a color commentator in 95 with Vince McMahon on Superstars and on the In Your House 1 and 1995 King of the Ring pay-per-view events. Brought a new style to the WWF. More of the Southern style brought into the quote-unquote Eastern Territory, the Northern Territory up north of the World Wrestling Federation. Michael P.S. Hayes, Doc Hendricks, what have you, was good for his role. He made a mark more so backstage as an agent, as more so on the creative side of in the WWE, but behind the mic, 
Doc Hendricks was pretty good. And I told you last week that the Royal Plan was going to unfold. Now, I'll tell you and I'll tell you about the extended Royal Plan. You got King Mabel. You got Sir Mo. Now, King Jerry Lawler's involved. You see what Sean's back is like. This Monday night on Raw, Lawler's going to continue. And we're just two weeks away from SummerSlam. Sean trying to walk up the ring steps will be quite an achievement, much less than going up the ladder to retrieve your title at SummerSlam. The living legend Larry Zabisco. At times, the living legend had an annoying voice, you can say. He would stand up and take his little bow that was his respect as a wrestler. He briefly feuded with Austin and Eaton before retiring from full-time competition to become a color commentator. And as a commentator, Zabisco began referring to himself simply as the living legend as many WCW fans were unfamiliar with his feud with Bruno Sammartino. Along with Dusty Rhodes and Chris Cruz, Zabisco hosted WCW Pro on Saturday mornings. Then in 1996, Zabisco was promoted to WCW Monday Nitro on the broadcast team where he, he announced during the first hour with Tony Schiavone. He may be annoying at times with his voice, but he did provide the psychological aspect. He made you... He took a dive into the minds of the wrestlers, what you don't really see now in professional wrestling. It's more so calling spots here and there, generalities, with some corny, quick wit, what have you. But Zabisco took you in the minds of the wrestler. And then the final two we'll discuss, quite arguably, quite possibly the greatest two color commentators of all time. Jerry the King Lawler. While some of Lawler's comments nowadays make you think that you're listening to a senile old man, the King was once the best heel announcer in the business, bar none. You can't argue that. JR and the King were the perfect combination of straight and crooked at the same time, if it makes sense, with JR calling it down the middle and Lawler siding with the heels. This formula had been used before and will be used again. It's simple professional wrestling, basic pro wrestling formula. It's a formula that should be used to promote your product. Because, quite frankly, it always seems to produce the best announced teams. Let me just say that you peons are here for a history-making event. Uh-oh. You are about to witness history in the making. Maybe he's going to tell you the truth for the first time. I am the only one articulate enough to actually describe my wrestling ability. What do you mean by so that? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually do the commentary on my very own match. Wait a minute, JR, you're taking your job. While the match is in progress, I am going to actually... Do the commentary. Hey, how are you? How are you doing tonight? No oh, I want to tell you something. Jim Ross. He's looking at you. Vince McMahon. Help me here with this, will you? Yeah, help him. Wrap it around him. Does he think he's a bellman? <laughs> hey, make yourself useful. You are good for something. Where's Bill Dunn? He can do this, too. Al Jackson, waiting patiently to walk up to Jerry Ross the King Lawler. And Vince McMahon. What? You can give your vocal cords a rest. Because I am fixing to do my job and yours too. 
Jerry has been in the wrestling business for an incredibly long period of time and knows the tricks of the trade inside out. His nuances and his mannerisms, coupled with the naturally arrogant demeanor, made for great television, no doubt. His pathetic hero worship of The Rock, ranging against JR's loyalty to Stone Cold, added an extra dynamic to the feud, no doubt. The emotional investment both men had in this feud elevated it, elevated it, no doubt, in the minds of the casual fan. As annoying and mindless as the King can be sometimes, true wrestling fans will always remember this entertaining incarnation of Jerry Lawler. More so now, after he returned, after his brief hiatus with the company when Paul Heyman took over his duties, the fans loved that he was back, therefore he was pushed into the babyface role. And... He talked about puppies before, but now more the babyface, lovable Jerry Lawler rather than defending the heels and getting into the mindset of the heel and promoting and trying to convince the fan that their actions were right. Now the Lawler we have is simply, you could say cruise control, he does his job well, but he's not making waves. He could, maybe forgettable is the word. You don't remember one-liners from Lawler. Here and there, he'll throw in a couple of corny jokes. I love corny jokes like like any other person, like the next guy. But Lawler now may not be as memorable as he was back in the Attitude Era. But you cannot deny Jerry Lawler, one of the greatest color commentators of all time. And we'll wrap up with quite possibly the greatest color commentator to ever step foot in the broadcast booth and behind the mic. Bobby the Brain Heenan. Hilariously funny, outrageously biased, and financially corrupt, Heenan was one half of the greatest announcing duo in history. Heenan's back and forth with his good friend and on-air enemy, Gorilla Monsoon, on primetime wrestling are legendary and make for entertaining viewing on YouTube. Go back and look at it. I guarantee you will crack up at least once. I know wow. you're on there. Unbelievable happenings to in Toronto. CNN something stick. I want you to do. What I said there's something I want you to do. Hello. We're on the air here. Are you having a problem or something? Yes, I'm having a problem. I can hear Miss Betty, my secretary, but I can't. She don't hear me. Oh, you want to? You actually want to talk to somebody? What do you on think I've been dialing for? Of course, I want to talk to her. Hello. Why don't you try can this? You hear this? You want to talk to somebody? You you have to put this inside the telephone. You want to? Never ceases to amaze me the intelligence of Bobby the Brain Heenan. Someone's been messing with my phone here now. Unbelievable! This is the cheapest phone I've ever seen in my Unreal. life. Unreal. Now, wait a minute. Can I get a decent phone? Here's not a lot to ask. You Hello. Hello. Yeah. Well, somebody give me a decent phone. That's all I ask. Now I've got to put this thing together. Uh, the Rougeau brothers' fantastic victory over the Dream Team. The Don't telephone with a big victory over Bobby the Brain Heenan. Plenty more. Plenty more still to come this week, Russell. Let's take a look at the WWF. But it was their work together on the commentary desk that made the Monsoon Heenan dynamic so special. Bobby Heenan had probably the sharpest wit in the history of wrestling and could always hit you with a, a hilarious one-liner out of nowhere. Well, Wrestling Federation tag team title has already changed hands, perhaps the Intercontinental title, and don't forget, still to come, the Hulkster. The Hulkster and his quest 
to make history here in the city of Angels as he takes on World Wrestling Federation champion, Sergeant Slaughter. And don't forget, Randy Macho King Savage is history. He's gone. And Slaughter, he's playing with an all-new set of rules. And Hogan, you better be prepared because you have to pin him or you have to make him give up. And Slaughter doesn't know the word, give up. But how more fitting, Brain, to have your career end and walk out of here, walk out of the squared circle, knowing that you've got the woman you love and the woman who loves you. I'd rather have some money than a skirt. What a heartless individual you are. The 1992 Royal Rumble is the one match that you could say encapsulates what made Bobby Heenan brilliant on commentary. His desperate support for his main man, Ric Flair, and the importance that he placed on a Flair victory added an excellent dynamic to the story of the match. It was also laced with funny exchanges and comical disagreements between the two best friends. Before Daniel Bryan made it famous, if you listen to the end when Ric Flair won, he repeatedly said, yes, 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 yes. Daniel Bryan took a page out of Bobby the Brain Heenan's book. Heenan, in that one match, showed how much of an impact, an entertaining impact, and a positive impact a color commentator can make in professional wrestling. from there to manage it and everybody they threw in front of me in the WWE. Oh, excuse me, did I say something? Wait, wait, let me get this now. You want to talk about wildlife? When I came here, they had, they had the three freebirds. They had the junkyard dog, mad dog, um, two bulldogs, uh, a guy with a, a, a Matilda, another dog. Uh, there was a junkyard dog, you had insects, you had two killer bees, you had serpents, you had a guy with a snake, you had a Hawaiian guy with a lizard. Uh, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. And you ready for this? And to top it off, I'm the weasel doing commentary with a gorilla. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Wrestling fans, it's time to thank our sponsors of the Beyond the Bell podcast. Barbershop Window, the brand new official sponsor of Beyond the Bell. They love wrestling and they love t-shirts, so they combine the two in order to fulfill their goal to create shirts that wrestling fans enjoy and will want to own and wouldn't be embarrassed to wear to a bar. 
New shirts are released every week, and all past shirts can be found in the Overstock bin. So go to barbershopwindow.com, where they make wearing wrestling shirts cool again. Squared Circle Media, Jerome Willen, provides audio and written content based on the latest in professional wrestling. Associated with Wrestling.com, Ringside Digest, and the Camel Clutch blog, Squared Circle Media is for the true wrestling fan. You can reach them at squaredcirclemedia.net. Ringannouncing.com, the official website for the future of ring announcing and beyond the bell host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman. This is the place where you'll find all the latest news and multimedia related to host, broadcaster, and podcaster, Sean Beckerman. So go to ringannouncing.com now and follow the future of ring announcing. Stitcher Radio is an on-demand internet radio service that focuses on news and information radio and podcasts. It's available on all smartphones via the iTunes App Store and the Android Market. Stitcher, now streaming innovative audio. GoDaddy.com. GoDaddy offers everything you need to make a name for yourself on the web. From domain names and website builders to complete e-commerce solutions. With more than 10.4 million customers and over 53 million domain names, GoDaddy is the leader in web development. SNSRadioNetwork.com is the home for all things related to professional wrestling, mixed martial arts, and video gaming. Catch the latest news on all three topics, as well as the trademark shows, including the Benchmark Show, Wrestling News Live, Sunday Night Showdown, Unplugged with JJ Sexay and Charles Shane, The Pro Wrestling Rewind, The Elite Force Podcast, Why, and of course, Beyond the Bell with host Sean Beckerman. SNSRadioNetwork.com is the place to go for all things related to wrestling, video gaming, and mixed martial arts. If you're not listening, you're not trying. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Beyond the Bell, email us at btbwrestling at gmail.com with the header advertising. Join the Beyond the Bell revolution. It's go time! Fellow old school wrestling fans, that will wrap things up once again for another edition of the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast. We all have grown to love and cannot wait to listen to, known as Beyond the Bell, powered by the SNS Radio Network. This concludes our two-part series of From the Booth, the Greatest Commentators in Professional Wrestling, from Jim Ross to Bobby the Brain Heenan, we covered the play-by-play analysts and the color commentators that made us love professional wrestling even more. Remember, connect socially with Beyond the Bell via Facebook. You can find ring announcer Sean Becker in the fan page as well as Beyond the Bell's fan page. And on Twitter, follow me at Sean Beckerman. You'll receive updates there from Beyond the Bell as well as on our official website, www.ringannouncing.com where you can see all the latest videos from Beyond the Bell, some videos that parallel to our themes for Beyond the Bell, a certain playlist we have set up for you, as well as my videos and audio of me announcing the superstars that you would see me talk about or hear me talk about during the Behind the Mic segment. All those videos you can watch and listen to at the official YouTube channel, which also is found on our website, ringannouncing.com. Remember, our official YouTube name is also 
ring announcing. Listen to all archive shows of Beyond the Bell at snsradionetwork.com, ringannouncing.com, as well as Stitcher Radio. You can also download each and every show of Beyond the Bell on iTunes. Search us under Beyond the Bell. Expect plenty more exciting programming coming to you fans over the next few weeks. We wrap up, of course, the whole Camino Chronicles, WCW, the popular, the record-breaking Beyond the Bell edition of the WCW 101 series continues on, where the big boys play, entering into the Monday Nitro era of WCW. The Horseman Files continues on, 87, 88, the Horsemen are riding high in the NWA WCW. World-class milestones as we look back on a yearly basis the monumental achievements for world-class championship wrestling. Stay tuned for years 84 and 85 and the moments that made world-class so special. And our specialty series, La Familia, the greatest families in professional wrestling. Stay tuned for all this content in the coming weeks here at Beyond the Bell, but I'm so excited, fans, to announce a special show at Beyond the Bell right before SummerSlam. Arguably, it could be the second biggest event for the WWE. Royal Rumble has definitely combated and competed with SummerSlam over the past couple of years as we get ready for WrestleMania season. But SummerSlam, the hottest event of the summer, comes our way. And due to the success of the first ever edition of Beyond Belt, the WrestleMania Dream Card, and in the spirit of the first ever edition, we will debut the SummerSlam Dream Card right before the biggest event of the summer, so stay tuned for that, fans. Beyond the Bell is red hot here at the SNS Radio Network. It's time to wrap it up with some old school music. We're talking commentators, we're talking color commentators, so let's wrap it up with the theme song for the human suplex machine, or should we say, in this incarnation, the human wrecking machine, Taz as he made his debut in the World Wrestling Federation. I was there at the Royal Rumble when he defeated Kurt Angle on his debut night, quite possibly one of the biggest nights in Taz's career. But we'll wrap things up with one of the best color commentators during his heyday of SmackDown, Taz. So fans, I will see you next week as we rewind and relive all things retro in wrestling. I'm Sean Beckerman, your ring announcer, signing off, and I'll see you at the matches.
of a psycho destroyer that you just can't take. Down for the count, cause I just won't let it. I'm in a play bone, bring the bell and let's get it. All for the strong, just like gladiators. With boxes prime like the second Terminator. Haters, ain't got no time for your tactics. I see right through you and the childlike tactics. No advances, no chances. Our positions get a beat down. Anybody in? 